Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Comexus Cast Daily for Monday, September 25th, 2017. All the news you need to know from our inbox to yours. I'm the videographer and podcaster here, Matthew McGordy at Comexus, and today I am joined by the lead strategist at Comexus, Philip Brooks. Good morning. And our paid placement specialist at Comexus. James Van Horn. Good morning. So our first story today, a press release that was on Business Wire from First Insight talking about millennials and some in-store buying habits. Yeah, Matt, thanks. Uh, so this is a there's a this is a treasure trove of data if you're a retailer um, just looking to see uh, user behavior and buyer behavior based on online versus in in store purchases. Um, it actually there's a, there's a few different uh, fairly interesting points here, but one of the, the I guess the narrative that they're really trying to push with this is that um, you know what generally people assume to be the you know the the percentage of shopping online versus on foot versus foot traffic for both boomers and millennials uh, is probably a little higher than you think. Uh, there's uh, those, so uh, millennials are still going online to the t- tune of 82 percent. Um, however, uh, boomers are searching. Uh, 65% of boomers are searching online for the first best price, then in store. Um, so it's a little bit different than we generally thought before. Um, it's just that there's more people coming. You know, still in, there's still still there's still retail traffic that we didn't suspect. Um, and the other thing that's kind of interesting is there's a strata here with there's a social strata with income. Um, where higher income residents in general, respondents in general, are searching online over in-store. Uh, this is particularly heightened in baby boomers. Um, but the other interesting thing that they have here is it's broken down sort of by area, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, for example, in the Northeast, uh, there's the greatest shift uh, as far as discount shopping behavior, where 73% of millennials uh, actually go online to find visit multiple stores, whereas 48% of boomers do look, look or do the same. So uh, you know that's a, a larger breakdown or larger dispar- disparity than it is in any of the other other areas of the country. Um, whereas in the Midwest or on the West Coast, for example, uh, 70 72% of millennials are inclined to look in, look in store, whereas 50 uh, 66% of boomers do the same. So there's a lot of stuff that you can pull from this, um, and, but if I were a retailer, I would definitely be looking at this information to see um, not only where am I located and therefore where is my audience coming from, but also um, you know how best to market to them. If there's people coming in uh, you know, that are likely to come into the store, you know, you're uh, uh, further ahead than most people, but um, you know, we, we're certainly approaching the Black Friday area, era soon, so uh, retail you know the, the 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 bellwether for retail is obviously that day, and so we'll see how that works. Yeah, I mean, I think these numbers aren't super surprising, though. I definitely think they're they're a lot different than what most people would mm-hmm. think. Um, but I think it makes sense. A lot of millennials don't have a ton of money, so they're mm-hmm. looking for the deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Uh, so for our second story, uh, Laura Collins wrote an article on ad freshness on Marketing Land. Uh, yeah, it was it was really interesting because she kind of dives into how agencies, big and small, can make sure that an ad stays fresh on social media. Um, it, it's a little bit different from other advertising perspectives because when you take a look at a paid search, it's more matched up to who's searching on something. So it's a little bit more evergreen. You could l- usually run it a little bit longer as long as there are no you know deals or promotions going on. Um, but I mean, for social media, if it's the same ad creative across multiple platforms, 
then you're talking about somebody maybe being bombarded with that same ad within any kind of given time frame, maybe an hour a day. So she kind of dives into uh, some best practices from, from the standpoint. I mean, some of it's definitely what I'd say like optimal. Really large agencies, if they have multiple people devoted to just advertising on social media, um, you know, she makes a good point, like every two weeks or so. Switch up the creative, switch up the messaging, make sure that it stays fresh within the viewer's um, regular search history and uh, you know, going on their social media platforms. But she also mentions as a max out for smaller agencies that maybe somebody just can't go in every two weeks. It's just not possible. Mm. Um, you know, she kind of sets the max at 35 days, you know, which is my experience too. Usually we set up a campaign, it's for 30 days, and then after 30 days we kind of take a look at the metrics, optimize, and switch things up. Um, but she also made some good points of view about it doesn't necessarily have to be a complete overhaul. You can tweak messaging, you can tweak CTAs, or maybe just the imagery used, the type of ads. So it, it doesn't have to be a major overhaul to really get a true idea for what the users want. And it was interesting, because last week I saw an article come out too. It was a release from Facebook saying that it's, it's kind of in beta right now. They're kind of cherry picking accounts. But eventually it will roll out to everybody where they're gonna have a expanded creative hub. Um, with their merger of the power editor and the ad accounts manager, they also included a way for somebody that may not be, you know, c completely knowledgeable about Photoshop to create all these different types of creatives for social media ads, where they can just kind of pick images and pick a whole bunch of different messages. And what Facebook will do is kind of depending on the user preference, interest, behaviors, it will pull in from that system and just kind of bundle together an ad, very similar to how um, Google AdWords does with responsive display advertising, except Facebook's gonna allow you to upload up to, I think it's 30 different headlines, mm. um, 10 or 15 different images, 30 different descriptions, and it'll basically mix and match based on their algorithm and what the user's history looks like to show an ad that they feel is gonna get the best response. So it's gonna be a way, especially for smaller agencies, if they have that availability, I would embrace it as much as possible because it's gonna be an easy way to help you know, alleviate some of the stress from who's, whoever is running those ads for them to just kind of say, here, you do the heavy lifting, I'll go in and I'll take a look at it regularly, and at the end of the day, they're gonna end up with a message, a creative that really resonates with the users out there on the social media platforms without having to go in and constantly having to change things up on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that you mentioned with these dynamic ads, which you, know, you get this large kind of uh, pool of creative that, that you know that Facebook can pull from, uh, you know, as they're as they're adjusting these ads and trying different things. But one of the other best practices that that the author comments on is just general testing of call to action and copy. Mm -hmm. um, so this gives you, you know, th th those two things really kind of go together hand in hand because now you've got a huge pool of content that you can regularly use to, you know, see how it works and see how it works, you know, test, A-B test all the way throughout the process. So, um, you know, I think it's kind of cool that, that they're giving you the tools to do that and, you know, now that we're becoming aware of it really being, you know, best practice to test those anyway, not that we normally wouldn't, but I think that, you know, it can be a little off-putting or intimidating to somebody that doesn't have uh, you know a, a full house team of creatives to 
have these things, you know, different options available to them. Now they have that stuff there. Yeah, no, exactly. And even kind of what I saw within the industry is what, what a lot of agencies want, and there are a lot of agencies out there, especially newer agencies, that want kind of like that, that younger person just out of college. So they can kind of mold them to, you know, become the type of, you know, pay placement specialist or search specialist, Facebook advertising specialist that they want them to be. So, I mean, especially for somebody like that where they have the knowledge but not necessarily the experience yet, Facebook is kind of giving them a little bit of an upper hand and saying, we'll help you out. You know, we'll take everything off your plate. We'll get the creatives up there. So I think you're going to see it's going to help along like the next generation coming up through become more experienced than, you know, some of us that had to kind of, you know, like Philip said, learn on the fly, learn by mm -hmm. testing every month or so. So it was an extended process as opposed to like, you know, all these different dynamic elements that Facebook is incorporating now. Um, because before, I mean, Facebook had dynamic, but it was really only for e-commerce. Mm. So, I mean, if, if you were an e-commerce person, you had a product catalog that Facebook could pull information from, then you were set. But for anybody else out there, you know, like a general service, a landscaper, contractor, anybody like that, they just had to deal with, you know, kind of like what Philip said, mm. was just regular testing by an individual. So now they're just kind of broadening out that dynamic appeal to everybody. And if, uh, just if I may, if I may just be so bold as to step oh, in. Oh, please do. Yeah, uh, so something that, that uh, that uh, Jim talked about just briefly was, you know, grooming people to fit in the industry for this kind of stuff, which is a great uh, kind of a segue to this week's uh, behind the agency or inside the agency topic, which is about finding new people to enter the industry and how how prepared people are coming in. So be on the lookout for that, since it, you know, I just wanted to jump on there and give it a little free publicity while it's there. So <laughs> sounds good. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to today's episode of the Comexis Cast Daily. If you'd like to listen to more, you can check us out tomorrow and every weekday this week for the latest trending news. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.